Hello and welcome to Bitcoin and Altcoin Trading Talk. <laughs> we're missing we're running a skeleton crew tonight um so uh alex is in the chat he's going to help us out with fundamentals from chat he's got some work to do tonight um and uh i might as well mention anybody in the chat that wants to help fill us in with fundamentals on any coin at any time feel free to just pipe up and i'll do my best to be a liaison um but first and foremost, this is episode 50, so I figured I'd do something special here. Yeah, my... hold on. Oh, aren't yeah. you supposed to have old Milwaukee? Yeah, I, I'm running low on the good stuff, Brian, so I had to go with <laughs> Keystone Light. So That's up, and I'm going to have a, a cup of coffee. Episode 50, <laughs> bottoms up. But congratulations, we actually made it uh, uh, to 50 episodes. That's remarkable, yeah, it's some kind of accomplishment, right? I mean, there's something to be said, you know, for all of us, uh, Da Vinci and Alex and everybody else who's been a part of it um, thus far, just sticking with it. And, you know, granted, tonight we're running a little low on a little low on folks, but uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool to hit uh, that 50 mark. And hopefully we'll I'll crack another beer at 100. Sure. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. If anything, so, what, uh, you, uh, anybody watching this episode, where's the camera? There, talking to you. Uh, anybody watching this episode, if you actually have made it through all 50 episodes from beginning to end, then that's a vote actually to your um, tenacity, right? Uh, we've gone through up and down markets. Um, and a lot of people that come into these spaces learning, wanting to learn how to trade and stuff like that. They stick with it for like six months, maybe a year or so, and then they fat finger something and just blow their accounts up, and then it's like, wow. <laughs> so if you've made it this far with us on this journey, then that's a testament to, hey, half of our job as traders is just to make sure that you can come back to this job tomorrow. Because then, you know, I've been in this game long enough. I've seen a lot of people that, you know, rah, 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 make one stupid mistake, and that's it. Oh, yeah. See it on Twitter all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, remember we had that, some guys talking about shorting Dash or something like that and getting himself. Ooh. Maybe after the pump. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's the sad part about it, right, is uh, – so, you know, picking tops in markets is is uh, it's it's tricky game, and um, sometimes it takes two or three attempts. In fact, we were talking about um, one of our veteran traders. He's, he's very tenacious, and he's just been hunting that top on uh, Bitcoin, and it finally broke there, like I think a week or so ago, mm -hmm. and he finally got paid. But he had to like. Uh, oh, stopped at scratch. Oh, stopped at scratch. Mm -hmm. Oh, stopped at scratch. And then finally, boom, payday. So it takes that in this game. you got to be tenacious, no doubt about it. Yep, yeah, and uh, to add to that too, um, anybody, you know, I've had quite a few people, not, not so much recently, but back when we were in like the 30s and the early 40s, mm -hmm. um, you know, just saying, I'm on episode 28 and I'm catching up. <laughs> so you know, I, I never thought, you know, people would actually be doing that, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, we should go into syndication or something, eh? Yeah, yeah. We'll have get get that Seinfeld network money and get syndicated. Totally so. bad. <laughs> I mean, what would be really cool is to go back and watch this whole series like 20 years from now. 
Oh yeah. Oh jeez. Wait, 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 you know what's really cool is. 20- I'm sure we'll we'll either cringe or we'll be like, yeah, we were onto something. <laughs> well, and I made it clear from day one. I want to own Bitcoin. Uh, well, no, I'm sorry. I want to own crypto. I want to. Mm-hmm. I want to be long crypto. So and my and I mean, what the hell? Uh, I'm actually quite astounded. Um, the uh, you know during the dot com days we had a stock market that you could make these kind of percentage returns they're like realistic. Um, I I really was curious to see whether there would be a vehicle that would perform the way that you know penny stocks performed during that dot com boom, mm-hmm. and here we are in crypto and and really it makes sense it, this is exactly the right product for exactly the right time in the market. Um, and these returns are ridiculous. I mean, this is nuts. I mean, no offense to anybody watching this uh, to the crypto gods. But this, it's a little bit, a little bit nuts. <laughs> and, you know, for all you kids, well, I shouldn't say that. For all the people that are playing crypto and you're going to get used to banging out like, you know, like 10x trades on a regular basis during like seasonal rallies. Then you're going to go back to the real world after this sort of crypto thing builds itself out, and you're going to realize that getting like 10x returns in the stock market every day—that's not—it's yeah. not normal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I got to say, it probably five years from now, you know, assuming assuming all goes well and these markets are still active, I'm sure they won't be in the same state five years from now. But for sure, I mean, the the volatility is probably going to die down as more capital flows in so I can see a couple you know what I what my thesis all along has been that crypto isn't going to grow vertically like a lot of people are expecting oh Bitcoin's going to be a million dollars a coin I don't know I just don't know think that's that realistic I think crypto grows horizontally sure and I think that what we're seeing with the emergence of the altcoin space and somebody on the site actually today had a chart of the uh, percentage of the total market cap of Bitcoin over time, and it's just slowly going down over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was just like, well, that makes sense. I would not buy that chart because I don't think on a relative basis Bitcoin is going to start overtaking the percentage. If anything, we're just going to see all of these cryptos all popping up like popcorn. Mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and that's what we're seeing in the market. And what's really interesting was of course yesterday Polo just shit on the whole fucking altcoin market. Uh, yeah, you know, wanted to get into that a little bit. Kind of interested to hear your take. Yeah, um, and what was really interesting is there's a couple stories, a couple coins that, from what I understand, the fundamental story isn't bad. Um, you know, maybe uh, certain. You know, from what I understand, IOC was one of those dealers. Yeah, that's it. Well, that's. And I know you've been an IOC fan for quite a while, so. I, I, well, you know, we've looked at the chart, you know, anybody watching 50 mm-hmm. episodes, right? You can go back and just literally see higher highs and higher lows defines a bull market. As soon as the market proves me wrong, then of course my, my impression will change. Um, and the coin has treated us really well. We sure have mined it for a heck of a lot of profit, so can't complain. Uh, but, you know, uh, we actually have a, a bunch of alumni from our education programs that are actually pretty intimately involved with the name um, and and I even reached out to them on Twitter just you know through all this and are you guys still long you know and they're like well you know fundamental story still good so 
you know, they're not changing their, uh, their perspective. But it, the point that I just make is that I was actually a bit surprised in the face of those particular coins getting the shit kicked out of them. There were other coins that were actually rallying aggressively and I actually got a couple doubles off as, yeah. as the, as the, you know, the IOCs and the HCs and the, uh, B B a Q Q K B I think was one of them and barbecue. They're all just getting whacked. Um, uh, Ruby was another one, um, and yet at the same time you could literally see the capital wasn't fleeing; it was actually running into other names and and uh, um, X uh, X E M I think it is. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah. It's one that I tweeted out. We banged out a double today. A lot of money poured into that in reaction, uh, I guess, out of those other names. And then also, uh, we just just before the show, somebody uh, gave me a nice double fill on TES. So, and and I'm going through the the list. Like you look at the coins, like Lisk. It looks like it's getting ready to rock and roll. Um, so, I I think, you know. Under normal circumstances uh, in previous years, I would have actually expected that that Polo News would have knocked the wind out of the altcoin market. But right. I'm actually a bit surprised to see the relative uh, resilience. And even in the face of that, other coins are taken off. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's there's something to be said. You know, those folks that are trading on Polo, they don't necessarily want to just get out of the market. They want to get into something else and, you know, just write, chalk it up as a loss if they have to and just yeah. keep their accounts going. I guess um, Alex, Alex said something too. Um, oh, he just said, IO coin is better without. <laughs> better without Polo? Better without Polo, apparently. I think they're well, still listed on tracks, so. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, this, this is a huge part of uh, we've had these conversations in fact, you know, for students in my programs, this is the difference between systemic risk and unsystemic risk, where what we really have to identify is what are the risks involved here? And like that IO coin, I don't think it's, you know, from what I understand, that Dion story is still fairly good. I mean, everything seems to be on, on course. Um, so really, this is like a, the problem with the system. You know, and you might even argue what's going on in China right now. It's not really an issue with Bitcoin. Bitcoin, if you know, if Bitcoin had an opinion, it would look at China, at, at Phoenix and it would look at OKCoin okay and go, go away. <laughs> You're right. meaningless to the Bitcoin. Now, so for the viewers, you're referring to kind of the, the USD hold that's going on as far as their banking partners? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's getting messy over there, isn't it? Yeah, it's getting a little crazy. Um, so I, I was talking to Sam from BitMEX earlier, and he kind of was mentioning, um, you know, they're they're having issues with their index now because OKCoin and Bitfinex, they're kind of unweighting them from their from their index, and they're kind of thinking, well, you know, do we need to add some more market, you know, add some more exchanges in here? I mean, how many of these are going to kind of drop off because of this USD hold stuff? So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you know, I don't know if people are going to start flowing into like Gemini and stuff like that, or ItBit if they can, pretty much wherever they can get U.S. dollars into the into the exchange. I, I kind of feel like that's where they're going to go, at least temporarily. But Those yeah, are the various different coins that Phoenix has? Is that what you mean? No, I'm saying as far as, um, you know, because Bitfinex, 
their banking partners, even in Taiwan or wherever it is, you know, they're unable to basically accept U.S. dollar deposits. So yeah. the issue is now you you have people that want to get into Bitcoin with fiat. You know, where are they going to go? And they they can no longer go to OK Coin because there's an issue there as well. Um, yeah. So I wonder if they're going to now you know try to get into. Uh, are those Gemini other exchanges or, listed there? Yeah, I was listing like Gemini and Itbit are two other exchanges. Oh, okay. Um, right. Remember, yeah, I, I, Dex I'm, is a big one and they're reputable. So I, well, I, I think GDAX is going to pick up. GDAX just went through some big uh, hiccup there over there. Yeah, week. they had their own. Yeah, they had their like $6. <laughs> yeah. Um, never a dull moment in this space, is it? <laughs> no, sir. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I, actually, I reached out to uh, Simon from uh, Bank to the Future because um, I did an interview uh, with uh, on Alex's show with uh, him, and I was really impressed with his uh, professionalism. Um, and I just said, you know, are you guys still in the Phoenix story? And he's like, yeah, nothing's changed. It's mm -hmm. same old, same old. Yeah, I mean, uh, I see them kind of maneuvering their way through this you know they're okay. they're solvent they're making so so much money i think they're, all right they're not and gonna okay, have a problem okay. but. I mean, uh, so i kind of got the impression and the, and the cme put out a um a news release today about how they want to get in on the derivatives market i don't know whether there was any actual news about release but i'm wondering whether uh, some higher ups and you know this might even go like with a deal uh donald trump's made with the Chinese, you know, <laughs> I wonder if if somebody from upstairs has just said, you know what, let's put the uh, let's put the clamps down on these Chinese Bitcoin exchanges. Right, right, and, yeah. You know, like the whole argument of the SEC why they wouldn't list the ETF was uh, because of sort of Chinese price manipulation and front running, right? Right, and because they can't get in and kind of view granularly what's happening or where the funds actually came from, kind of. Yeah. for auditing purposes and that kind of stuff well yeah that, that's the that's the legal excuse that they'll use right but really what's this all about i think to be honest with you between me and and our uh, youtube community i think the cme wants once they want to be the big boy on the block for the derivatives market and i got a funny feeling this is just my hunch crazy brian politics nutso you know, old man kind of thinking, I got a funny feeling Mr. Trump made a deal with, when he was over there, one of the bargaining chips was Bitcoin. Get your tinfoil hats on. <laughs> <laughs> Very That's well it could be, though. I mean, who knows? <laughs> anyway, so the point of the matter here is a lot of moving parts with Bitcoin. But you're just, and from Coinigy's perspective, you guys aren't really seeing that, like Phoenix uh, or OKCoin are going out of business. This is just no, of, not at all. I mean, and and we're growing really like wildfire right now, which is awesome to see. So, you know, people yeah. are, people are getting more interested in it every day, and it, it just kind of grows like a snowball, you know. So, uh -huh. um, so kind of on that tip, I'll segue a little bit. Uh, we do have a Coinage update uh, with regards to Poloniex. Um, so I'll try not to take too much time to plug this, but uh, we made some pretty serious uh, backend improvements to our platform uh, with regards to Poloniex. Basically, uh, you can check out our blog. You can read uh, both the update as well as kind of the issues uh, we were having in the past. Um, but placing trades will be a lot smoother now. 
Um, you should not get nearly as many um, errors while placing trades, updating orders, that kind of thing. Um, but the really, the big fix that we also added, or I should say new feature is, <clears throat> pardon me, the, uh, the beer's getting to me. Um, basically now you can pull in your entire Poloniex trade history for the past year. So even if you add a new key, uh, to Coinigy, there's a button now on the accounts page that will basically scrape and pull in all of your recent trades and add that to your Poloniex uh, history on Coinigy. And then per usual, that means that, you know, the green and red arrows will show up on the chart. Um, so definitely check that out. But basically everything's running a lot faster, a lot smoother. So, yeah. Anyways. So I just curious. Uh, maybe you can give an update too. I went and tried to add uh, Cryptopia, I think, and I yeah, wasn't able yeah, to add that. About that. Yeah, so we're planning on adding Cryptopia eventually. Um, mm -hmm. Right, we have them. You know, we have we pull in their data as far as charting right now. Um, right now, we're working on adding Premium. We're almost done with that, and then after that, will be Liquid, which has kind of gotten pretty popular recently liquid.co um, and uh, we'll have some announcements about that um, as far as like Cryptopia and which other ones we're going to be working on next so you Do know. you guys put out like a list of uh, recommended exchanges or anything like that like do you have a hierarchy of exchanges? Uh, not really um, if you come into our slack and ask we'll be happy to tell you I mean <laughs> it, it, you know we're we try to I get the impression Cryptopia isn't on the list <laughs> well they're, they're on the list eventually they're they're lower down the list right now but uh, basically um, we try to stay exchange agnostic <laughs> as much as possible um, but obviously, I mean, I can go ahead and say basically, you know, like Bittrex, Poloniex, Bitstamp, Bitfinex, those are the most popular. Um, they're, I, I try to avoid kind of personally recommending stuff because um, just like because a, I don't want to get myself in any trouble in case, you know, yeah, like Yobit blows up or something. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, if you guys go to coinagey.com slash Bitcoin exchanges, you can see our full list and then you can see, you know, which ones we have trading available for and uh, kind of the full list of them all. And yeah. Okay. So, um, and then before you ask about chart scanner, <laughs> um, by the way, has Sjord been able to kind of make any headway on, on your screener stuff? Well, yeah, we're working on an algo right now on Bitcoin. So that's, uh, I guess, kind of like with you, it's uh, lower down on the priority list right at the moment. Gotcha. Yeah, so um, as far as chart scanner, um, we're kind of revisiting it and taking a look as far as actually getting this thing done in a timely fashion. So it's moving up in the wrong now. It would be a great way for you to capture a lot of... Oh, for sure. You know? I mean, even if it was just like a little volume scanner that just told you when when relative volume breakouts happen. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's not a matter of us thinking it's not important. It's just a matter of we're a small team and yeah. so much going on. So, um, you know, it's coming, <laughs> as I've said before. And I'll probably say it again on the next episode, but it, it will be coming. But 
Well, you always do it with a smile on your face, so that's the important thing. Hey, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have another swig of beer. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Oh, somebody was asking, BTC Kyle, what's up, man? He was asking, are, are we planning on creating our own coin when we launch our exchange? Um, we're, uh, we're still kicking around the idea. Um, you know, uh, you know, Byron, who's on our team, he's got a lot of um, a lot of experience working with um, actual crypto, the nitty gritty code underneath. It's something we've tossed well, around. Um, bare well, minimum. Get, uh, Alex to make us tokens off the Ubic uh, network. Yeah, I mean, honest to God, I mean that's that's something that we would probably be more likely to do is you know use an established chain and and figure something out kind of on top of it. Um, but as far as, you know, we're definitely going to have an kind of an incentivization engine. So, you know, as far as, um, like referrals and, you know, if you place a certain amount of trades, you're going to get kind of points on the system and you'll be able to redeem those for, you know, uh, prizes, you know okay, whatever, whatever we come up with pretty much, yeah. um, yeah. might even go towards coinage, subscriptions, stuff like that. So, yeah. And, and handsome t-shirts. And very handsome T-shirts, yeah. I gave you a nice segue there. Talk about that handsome garb you got on there. That's oh yeah, right. Look at this. This is sadly this is one of two in existence. Yeah, this is Rob and I kind of just made these one day or ordered them one day. But you know, when I go to like a business meeting, I like to wear something that looks a little bit nicer than a T-shirt. So, so yeah. Anyways. Should we dig into some crazy alts? Sure, why not? Um, right. Or do we want to maybe a little BTC spiel? <laughs> do we want to do a a quick uh, Bitcoin uh, overview? I don't know. Sure, why not? Okay, let's put you over there. The boys set me up with these really big screens, so now uh, everything is all awesome. Up. And then that means You're that living in the future now, Brian. Multiple monitors, baby. Uh, yeah. Okay, so we got to go uh, over here, and we got to click this one here. Do you have uh, the wheel going? Wheel? I got the wheel on my end, yeah. So just okay. let me know. And... So uh, let's see what we got there. Uh, let's go over here. There we go. Look at that beautiful chart, eh? Look at these oh, big yeah. screen that these guys gave me. All right, so uh, here we are, Quincy. Let's, uh, you know, for posterity, why don't we uh, do it? Oh, yeah, you definitely, your resolution looks a lot better now. Yeah, it's versus impressive. Uh, let's, uh, do we want to click hide there? Or do we want to click hide there? Where do we do that? I think we do it there. Yeah, there we go. Um, okay, and let's go, uh, where shall we look at? You know, now this is the kind of the crazy thing, right? Uh, looking at Bitcoin, we got to really ask now: Where the heck do we want to look mm -hmm. at Bitcoin to actually? Since, since you had, since you had USD, I'm hearing an echo, Brian. By the way, um, since you had BTC USDT up there, it's worth mentioning that um, I think it was on Kraken and a couple other exchanges. Like the USDT, which is Tether, was trading at like 92 cents versus the dollar recently. I saw a post on Reddit about it, just kind of interesting. So technically, in theory, you could go in and buy a bunch of USDT and then trade it right in for USD. And I think that was one of the, 
I think that was one of the main concerns why the banks halted those wire transfers was that USDT thing. Oh, was it really? Because of Tether? I saw that's the specific reference I saw in the news uh, article. In fact, I tweeted it out. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it here. Uh, da, 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 do. Um, right here. These guys said that... Um, Uh, I'm going to have to find this article. I didn't see this one. Yeah, it's actually a pretty good write-up. They go into quite a bit of technical analysis, but uh, this isn't bad. See, and this line right here, it will be interesting to watch Tether, USDT, volume moving forward as more and more banks will likely crack down on these pairs due to fear they avoid certain know-your-customer KYC and anti-money laundering requirements. Wells Fargo recently blocked a $180 million uh, transfer from Bitfinex, which Bitfinex challenged and later rescinded. It's unclear what uh, this means for USDT traders in the future or their pairs. Hmm. So I got the impression that Does that sound like that's directly related or like they're just warning? I think um, I, it sounds to me like what they're saying is watch the tether volume because people can't mess around with the USD, so they're going to go into USDT. Maybe I'm misinterpreting that. Uh, frankly, I don't know. And, and uh, you know, I've been wanting to have a Tether instrument on Bitfinex, or excuse me, BitUrex, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, Alex, Alex is sort of our contact there. And every show I'm kind of like, hey, Alex, you know, Bug Bill, we want that Tether. We want that Tether, right? Oh, they, they have it, though. You were well, just I've tried to buy it, though, but I can't. Oh, I see. Um, and I don't know whether that's the same reference that, you know, these Tether instruments, in essence, they create a way where I can basically get out of Bitcoins and into U.S. dollars without, I guess, I, 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 I really honestly don't understand this that well. I mean, from what I understand is basically they, um, you know, allegedly have the U.S. dollars equivalent. Like, I think, I, I don't know the ins and outs we did contact them because um usd tether is kind of disallowed in wisconsin we were interested in you know possibly listing it on our exchange um but from what i understand basically the exchange i think would have to put a certain a number of you know us dollars into them i.e pay them or something like that um, wow this is uh this is one can of worms isn't it yeah, I'm, I'm not i could be completely wrong on that i, I haven't done too much research but yeah so I think, you know, there's still very much a hot potato. But anyway, this was the interesting article that I had uh, retweeted and talked about about the CME group. This is why I kind of think, I'm not quite sure what the file for patents is all about here, but I get the feeling that the big boys, they, they kind of want to put an end to the Chinese shenanigans. And that's, in my personal feeling, that's kind of what I'm seeing happening with the whole China story. But anyway, we went off on a, on a tangent there, didn't we? We were supposed to be talking about the charts. <laughs> Whoops, sorry. I think people um, like this color commentary. Okay, so, uh, you know, where do we look at this? And what's really interesting is if you look at Bitcoin and things like Chinese, uh, the CNY, I mean, you get a very different picture. And I was talking to somebody about this earlier today where, um, you know, people months ago were like, 
oh, but, you know, China's breaking out to new highs, right? But Brian's sticking the mud. He's just following the U.S. dollar. Then euro is breaking out to new highs, right? And uh, But the U.S. market wasn't, and Brian's, oh, well, I'm going to follow the U.S. dollar, right? Then the U.S. dollar, Bitcoin broke out. But all of these other exchanges, they're all just sort of stuck in the mud. Hmm. Um, so I think it's a bit of, like, Bitcoin was in a bull. It was, it was head and higher, you know. In relative currency terms, it was interesting to watch, and sort of this is a weird sort of thing where, in my opinion, the international currency, the fiat system, is kind of getting in Bitcoin's way. Bitcoin has to be expressed in these various currencies. So as the various currencies go through their, you know, normal cycles and they, you know, have to follow interest rate patterns and stuff, Bitcoin behaves differently in these relative in these various different currencies. But it's not a function of Bitcoin, I don't think. I think it's a function of all these various currencies in the fund. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. It's just yeah. So if we look at Bitcoin next, it was really interesting is IO, IO coin, the IOC did similar thing overnight where, you know, if we just, you know, we actually call this like horizontal support and resistance where we just look at previous key highs. And do you notice how like these lows were basically against this old high right there? See that? Yep. And same sort of thing. You know, these lows here were against these highs. So as a result, really, when I look at a chart like this, all I really see is just one big ass trading range. And the irony of it all is that we're actually almost dead middle of the range here, aren't we? I mean, we're, we're you, you know, if you drew like a triangle, ironically enough, all we've really done is just consolidated this trading range. See that? Mm -hmm. And in actual fact, we could do up all the angles and stuff, but this is where this uh, FIB spiral tool really comes in handy. Um, and it's funny because we had actually a couple people that are like, you're using the fib spiral. Oh, I don't want to follow you anymore. You're a loser. <laughs> I'm curious <laughs> to see how you, how you put it. So, um, we haven't really I, covered that one much. Yeah. Here's the spiral here. Turns out that this spiral and triangles basically do the same thing where, uh, what a triangle is, is it's natural consolidation process. And what the spiral is, is it's that mathematical expression of the consolidation process. Do you remember we did a chart up of Bitcoin and we did the three waves yeah. in the triangles? Well, the same sort We're of idea. Like $50,000 Bitcoin. <laughs> and really, that's not totally out of the question, but in essence, what I what I learned is, you know, you actually go down and you can break all of these into triangles. There's tons of triangles all in here. And the fib spiral, it should actually line up perfectly with all the triangles. And anybody watching this, if you want to, you can go through my Twitter feed at CR Investor and uh, Google. You know, we can probably just do it right here, right? Um, I think I did it like fib spiral. Uh, and I actually did like a little tutorial. Ah, oh, crap! No, that click happen. wait. Click on uh, latest underneath over on the left there. Sometimes okay, but I think I have to go at CR Investor to get mine. I don't know whether I did this right or not. Up latest. No, ah darn. Um, I've done this before, but I can never remember how to do it. No. And Google and uh, uh, Twitter hates me. I'm terrible at searching. <laughs> but anyway. If you go back and all of you guys that want to, it's in there. Just go look, Fib Spiral, CR Investor, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, and we broke all the angles and all the triangles down and gave you all the mathematical ratios in a tutorial on a uh, Twitter slide. So they are there. But the point is, is that the fib spiral and the triangles actually work in conjunction. And what I see here is actually a very normal consolidation. Once we get to this point, then the spiral's finished and it's ready to leave the consolidation zone. I don't know whether we break out higher or we break out lower. My hunch is higher. I think everything uh, still looks bullish for Bitcoin, but only time will to hell. Um, so that's sort of what's going on in China right now. We're basically sitting right in the middle of the range. The interesting thing is if we go and look at the Western exchanges, right, and um, Lord you know, only if you look at something like Stamp, <laughs> pardon me? I said Lord only knows which one to look at now. Well, you know, what I think we had, of course, here, and the interesting thing is, did you notice that in the China market, the ETF event didn't really stand out, did it? Hmm. It wasn't really that big of a deal to them. But the interesting thing is, is that these Western exchanges, the ETF was the pivot, which is fascinating, eh? It's incredible, the difference in perspective. So anyway, the point that I made, and I think we've done this now for actually a couple shows, is we kind of were talking about how Bitcoin was stuck in this trading range. Um, we came down and explored, and I remember actually one of the shows we did, uh, I think it was two shows ago, we were right up here, and people were thinking, uppy, uppy, and we're like, oh, boy, be careful. And she got whacked. I'll be honest with you. Looking at this bearish market structure, all these M's, I wasn't feeling pretty good in here, I'll tell you that much. Um, and off of this V bottom here, I wasn't really overly bullish. Uh, it was interesting, and it, I think even in the last Coinigy show, um, there were some market technicians that were out touting that this was a reversal. So hats off to them. Uh, a gentleman by the name of John Bollinger. Have you got, I think I made reference yeah, to him. Yeah, I was show, actually going to bring him up uh, because somebody was tweeting at him, I saw, I think, yesterday maybe, mm -hmm. saying, Mr. Bollinger, will you please come on the bat show? Ah, <laughs> I don't think he replied. And, but. and I have to deal with that Beamish guy? No fucking way, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Well, we'd, hey, John, if you do watch this, I'd, I'd be honored to uh, to uh, to uh, give you the, uh, the microphone uh, for an evening and listen to your thoughts. Okay, so long and short of it here, V bottom off of new lows coming up, and it was interesting. Do you remember this inverted head and shoulders we talked about months and months ago? I don't know whether you remember that. It's a yep. beautiful little buy signal, you know, right in here. Nice inverted head and shoulders consolidation breakout. Um, and it just looks to me, and it, what's interesting is if we look at all of these various, you know, like if we actually look at um, Bitcoin on OKCoin, OK like their futures, Notice how, um, oops, actually it looks like it's missing some data. Yeah, we had a we had a issue there. All right. Well, I don't know whether Connectivity we're going to see there. All right. Well, I don't think we'll see it there then. Um, but uh, these lows all came in right up against this area in here. So, uh, you know, like I was, well, you don't know, but I was, uh, you know, posting in our site lounge that it sure looks to me like there's some sort of floor here. Um, and I remember I put out uh, tweets and stuff 
months ago uh, talking about how there seems the institution seems to establish some sort of floor in this area on this. So it's just interesting commentary there on the side. Uh, getting back to stamp. Uh, come on, let's go. We can do it a little bit more. Come on. There we go. There we go. Um, reversal off the bottom end of the range. Um, I suppose one could argue, uh, at the very least, we should be thinking about reload zones uh, heading back up top. Uh, and um, you've heard me talk about concept institutional fingerprint or basically where the institution stopped mm -hmm. previous rallies. So if we're looking for bearish ones, there's one right there. And there's one up here. Um, so, you know, these are going to be levels that if the pros really wanted to stop the bull, that's where they're going to stop it. You can see they came in. I think that was even last episode we were talking right in here. So they came in and halted the bull. And remember at the beginning of the episode I was telling you about, you know, traders had to be very diligent. And if they were hunting shorts in here, maybe you got stopped out a couple times off lower time frames. And then finally they got paid on this candle right here. Um, if we put on some of my basic indicators that I like to follow, you'll notice that uh, here, maybe let's change this to a color you can see. <clears throat> you notice that the market came back to the fast moving average, 13 period EMA. I like to use that as my fast moving average system signaling system. So you can see how it came back to 13 EMA and you can quite literally see, I mean, this is a great example. The market is carving out a very well-defined consolidation. So, you know, um, I often talk uh, with people about bull-bear battle lines. And sometimes the market will set up things really simply for you. Where it, just really simple, guys. You know, everybody watching in the audience, Bitcoin's story is fairly simple right now. We break up through the top, through this high up here. Everything is rah-rah bull. We're probably going to go up and eat this uh, wick up top here. If, however, we roll over here and we break through these lows, the bear's probably going to take over. That'll be a nice uh, M market structure top in a very respectable trade location here. This is our RLZ. You probably heard me talk about that before. Um, so, you know, if this thing did top and break here, it wouldn't be shocking. If anything, you look back and go, duh. If anything, you should have expected it to break. So do you think seasonality is going to play into that as well? Well, as far as buy when it snows, sell when it goes? I don't know. You know, Bitcoin doesn't really follow that seasonal pattern. Um, I, I, If I'm not mistaken, I think late, you know, May is kind of a funny troughing period for crypto. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, I mean, if we just look at like last Troughing, year. Troughing meaning markets will be ranging for the most part? Uh, trough looks like that. Oh, I see. Okay. Peak would look like yeah, that. Yeah, I guess it would. <laughs> um, so, you know, if we just go, and that's a perfectly valid question, right? So if we just go back and look at what the previous May, here was May last year. And then that set up a nice powerful rally, and that was the uh, happening event rally, right? Mm -hmm. We go back and look at the uh, previous year. What did May give us that year? There's April, May, again, sideways. 
So if anything, what I wouldn't be surprised, and this is sort of what we had seen in previous rallies, kind of like this one, right? Big run up, big dump, big rally, right back up to the top of the range, then a whole bunch of sideways. And this sideways happened to last this long, which set up this next rally higher, right? So I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest with you. May is sort of a, just a back and forth. We've got just a, such a pretty range. I mean, we could very easily come down and do some exploration. You see where the reload zone is down here, right? <laughs> if, if anything, you know what I'm feeling coming on? Let's see if I can show you. Um, whenever I get... <clears throat> Pardon me? Said if you're gonna show me, just keep your shirt on. Ah, let's keep this clean, okay? <laughs> uh, I like to whenever I see markets that look like this, right, where we have a box up here and a box down here. I always like to think of this. Oh, oh this is the one you were looking for last episode. <laughs> <laughs> So whenever I see a trading range established and I think it's going to do RLZ ping pong, I always whip out the gaff, uh, the, the CAD gift ping pong. <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't find it last time, right? So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, – I don't know whether it's going to be this deep, but I really wouldn't be surprised if we could do something like that. That's sort of what I'm thinking now. Prove me wrong. You know, unfortunately, we got a lot of highs here, and we got this crazy-ass wick here. You remember this was the ETF, right, and all those people bought ahead of the event, right? Mm -hmm. You know that there's those guys that are sitting in the doghouse, right, sleeping yep. on the couch. And, hey, summer's coming up. I got to get that money for that summer vacation that I was yep. that I risked here, right? So if they get any opportunity to get out of the doghouse, you know they're going to take advantage of it. Yeah. Um, and if anything, I'll be honest with the uh, with the uh, community here. Uh, now, here's the problem: is I would like to hedge. You know, we have enough Bitcoin exposure now. We're up to probably about you know, maybe better part of thirty Bitcoins now. Um, that's enough exposure to actually warrant some. Hey, you know, just we got to do something to cover our asses here. Um, the issue, of course, is what exchange do you do this? Where do you do your hedging? Um, and I think I was, you know, in our daily brief videos on the site, uh, we pulled up the, have you seen the chart of BitMEX? Oh, my God. These guys Not are criminal. Lately, no. uh, what symbol is it on here? BMEX. BMEX. These guys here? Uh, oh, where'd it go? Oh, it's gone. Let's try it oh, ETC. Oh, it popped up for a second there. Just, yeah. Just delete everything out of the filter box. It should show up. Okay. B B they, they use XBT, I'm pretty sure, so that's why it's not showing up. Oh, is that why? XBT. Yeah. Or, yeah. Is them there? On some of them, yeah. XBT. Um, these guys, holy moly. And I don't know whether maybe it's this or maybe it's this thing. You know, they've got their funny little index and stuff, right? Look at these crazy-ass tails. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was, uh, I think, oh, you're on 15 minute. I think that might have been the uh, the GDAX issue. Uh, no, this is just regular trading. I remember the market broke. And look at this. I mean, this is a $100 point swing, right? Um, and look at this tail. I mean, this is serious money. That's like $60, $70 just a little tail there, right? 
Mm -hmm. uh, and it? so can I realistically hedge here without, you know, worrying about getting crazy ass wicks and tails to stop my positions out? I mean, you know, the irony of it all is a guy like me, fuck, I can't wait till this goddamn CME goes because they're <laughs> already talking about listing uh, options and, and forwards. And you can do some really cool trades. Like in here, they're talking about how um, producers that, that uh, anyway, you got to read it up. There's some really, really cool hedging strategies that they've got in here. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, going to definitely check that out after so they're, they're already They're already getting ready for it. And unfortunately, I'm just sitting here going, where the fuck do I put this damn hedge on? So um, I yeah, have. I wish I had an answer for you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, I have, for whatever it's worth, just for posterity, I have strapped on a few. Not a huge position, but I'm starting to build a short position in uh, OKCoin uh, three months forwards. We'll see how that goes, whether my account is toast. I mean, I'm getting the impression that this is more just a uh, issue with uh, the intermediary banks rather than these exchanges themselves in trouble. Um, so, but, but we do have a bit of Bitcoin over there on OKCoin. And considering trade location, I think it's just the better part of prudence. If anything, I want to get stopped out on these horse, uh, horses, <laughs> on these shorts. I tried to say short hedges, and I came up with horses. <laughs> um, I want to get stopped out. Stop me out, right? Let blow up my positions here. But I'm just worried that we're building a bit of risk up here, and so I actually have gone and strapped on. I got about 20 contracts short now. Uh, but I'd like to build that up to maybe about 40 or 50, maybe even a bit more. If we keep pressing up against these highs, I think it's just in my best interest just to lock in a bit of, uh, of a hedge here. Anyway, yep, that's my two awesome. cents. Spread it okay, out. So Save your butt. That's, uh, that's the Bitcoin story. Still stuck in a trading <laughs> range near the top end of the trading range. And if we look at markets like China, we're actually sitting exactly in the middle of the trading range. Good deal. Okay. Hedge and it on do up. A, do you have a timer going? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to do the timer. I'll just I'll yell at you if it takes too long. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I do have the wheel ready though, so let me switch on over to that. Let's see what we can do here. All right. Can you and see the wheel? And I just put wheel? those on today, so I haven't done the blog write-up for any site members. Just so you know, I I still have to do that blog write-up. So. Okay, uh, wow, that's a big list. Holy moly. It's a huge list. Huge list. So um, anybody in the chat, I don't know anything about probably two-thirds of these uh, currencies. So feel free to fill us in as far as fundamentals, and I will be the liaison. But here we go. Look at these guys get – the University of Milwaukee gets free ad, uh, advertising. Whoa, that was loud. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's my alma mater right there. So they're you know retargeting me and such. Uh, so we have Mu. Let's see. M U E. Yeah, I remember this one. M U E. This is a one of the Japanese ones, I believe. Uh, well, Coinsampolo has done recently. Uh, I don't know. Do we dare look at Coins on Polo anymore? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you mean if they're going to be around by next episode, or know, I'm just being sorry. <laughs> oh no, um, sorry. Uh, Mu is one? monetary unit. 
Yeah, uh, and what's how many are out here? MUE, 117, million. It's POW. Seems awfully high for POW. Quite a bit. Quite a bit. Anyway, uh, I remember distinctly there was one gentleman who asked me about this uh, last year. And um, as the coin was putting in this bottom down here, um, you know me, I love to work stink bids, right? <clears throat> So I'm a cheap ass by nature. So please understand, you know, RLZs, all that kind of stuff. That's just because Brian doesn't like to pay up for names. <laughs> um, you know, if we do reload zones, I think it's pretty obvious where uh, you should have been a net buyer. If you could have snuck in here, cute little double bottom here, not bad. But in essence, this was your buying window. You see these gaps right in here. And that's at about 60, 70 ticks. I seem to remember too. Um, yeah, I remember I was working a stink bid, especially off this double bottom. Do you see how they left a gap here? Yeah. And after they put this bottom in here, I remember I was talking to someone and I was like, yeah, I'm working a bid at 20 ticks or sats or whatever, right? Let's see if I can get it. And then like months later, the guy, uh, you know, tweets out, Hey, Brian, do you think I'm going to get my fill at 20 sats, right? And it's like, <laughs> okay, right? You know, that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. So, you know, please, viewers, understand, just because I work bids, right? I'm just a trader, right? I like to trade levels. Doesn't mean I'm going to get fills. I get, you know, on Bitterix, I probably have like five or six pages of buy orders where just, you know, levels that I want to buy stuff, I'll work my bids and just let the order work. I wouldn't even be surprised if that MUE bid at 20 sats is still working. <laughs> wouldn't surprise me <laughs> at all. Um, all right, so, uh, you know, there's one hell of a double bottom down there. Big breakout, market structure, woo rally, rally. Then uh, consolidation after a big rally, nice healthy reload zone uh, cleanup, nice market structure. If anything, you could even argue that this is a bot. You know, we're there to there, so off of the consolidation low projects to somewhere up in here, right? A, B, C, D. That's probably what this uh, this high tag was, maybe. Maybe that high. I don't know. That's tough to say. <laughs> but, uh, you know, M's and W's, what do we see here? I see a big honking W down, up, down, down, up, down, breakout, right? Lots of W. Really well-defined W here. <laughs> I don't think I would be inclined to chase it up here, though. But higher time frame players, higher highs and higher lows defines a bull market, right? And you can see how this was a big W, down, up, down, breakout. So there are people that are playing off higher time frames that would buy that level. Um, it's not really my style. If I'm going to buy a W, I have to be able to risk down to the bottom of the W, and that window sometimes is too much. So what I like to do, this is why I like to work reload zone orders, is in this case, instead of buying this breakout level, I would be buying down in here, maybe against that 200-period moving average or something. Um, big move higher, left a gap. We should probably uh, make reference to that. That level looks pretty important. Um, I would say key support is down in this area here, so we'll keep an eye on that. I don't think we're anywhere near there now. But. Where are we at on the top there? Uh, okay, let's see where we are. Okay, so those are those levels. And, you know, this is Ooh, the good thing about crypto is people will say there's no bloody way it's ever going to trade back there. And I would say, you know, I've seen it happen plenty of times. 
So, uh, you know, if anything, if you're going to be hunting real value in this name, it's probably down in that little band down there. So can we even think about buying this name up here? You know, the answer clearly is no. Um, I suppose, you know, reload zones, I can start to get interested. And it's interesting how, do you see how this peak right here, I my hunch is that this, do you see this candle right here, this one candle? Yeah. Look how they brought it down. Boom, boom, right, right into the there. reload zone. Can you see that? Mm-hmm. Right, so, and that was right into moving average support. So there's my fast moving average. There's the medium term moving average. Moving average sandwich, and then a nice uh, W, really, coming out of that. Um, this looks a little bit too big for a bot, uh, but I suppose, you know, A, B equals CDs. Maybe we're thinking, like, uh, there to there. So my next upside objective would be, where's that low? Right up there. So if you are along this name, um, I like a nice tag of the 6,500 area, somewhere up in that area. That would be my objective right now in the short term. I suppose, you know, momentum players, you could have hunted uh, consolidation setups, lower time frames off of here, but um, I don't know. I think you're kind of late coming to the party here. Um, I suppose there was a trade here, but it's not my style. I, I would personally would much rather it come down into this area, put in a nice W, and then go. This yeah, W you know, came the problem, the problem now is that that big green line there. People are going to go, oh, it's definitely going to hit that C. <laughs> you <laughs> mean D, uh, up say. here? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and uh, but I want to make it clear you're advising that this is not a great trade location. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, right? So really, and actually, that's a really good point, right? So. Whoops, hold on a second. I'll be right back. All right. <laughs> Somebody's moving their lawn. Uh-oh. You're going to go outside and tackle them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I went and just quickly put some sugar in their gas tank. <laughs> so if you do go and buy a name here, right, if we're going to go and risk our hard-earned money, what well, we really have to ask ourselves, and this is, you probably heard me say this before, like all of my traders – it's it's religion. We start with a risk first approach. So if we're ever thinking about putting on a trade, the very first thing we ask ourselves is, okay, if I'm wrong, how bad's it going to hurt? And where am I going to know that I'm wrong? So always start. Everybody watching this video, always start with a risk first approach. Understand how bad it's going to hurt if it does hurt. And what does that do to your account? Then, once you've figured out what the risk is, then you can ask yourself, okay, well, given you know, Brian's crazy objectives, is it even realistic for me to consider taking the risk? And, and what's sort of the – there's like a magic ratio that for us to actually justify us risking our hard-earned money, you know, I mean, fucking going to work and punching a clock and – Listening to the man and fucking pushing a broom or whatever the hell it is you got to do in this world, that's no fun. It's work. People are paying you. That's your hard-earned money. Don't go fucking throwing it away in the marketplace because you're taking some half-assed willy-nilly trades. Really vet this stuff out. What's it going to take 
for me to actually take that risk. I mean, do you remember what the magic ratio is, Will? Do you, is there, I believe we were going for two to one. That's right. For you to actually justify taking a risk with your hard-earned money, you got to realistically be able to see $2 of reward for that dollar of risk taken. So in this particular case, I always like to let the market defend me. So where previously, in this particular case, where previously did the market say, no more down, you go up? And that is here and here and here and here and here and here against these lows. Somebody came in and said, no more down, you go up. So if I'm going to buy... At any given point in time, I want to look back and say, okay, where did the market say that it wasn't going to go down anymore? And I'm going to risk to just below that level. So that if the market says, well, you know what? That level, no, turns out we didn't like that as a bottom. That tells me, okay, let's get the hell out of here. The market is telling me to get out. So in this particular case, for me to justify buying here, I have to go back. And you know me, I like two, three lows, right? Brian loves his Ws. If I want to buy, I want to see Ws. So I'm risking against this low and this low. These guys are going to defend me. So on this trade in particular, I have to drag my risk to there's one low, there's two lows, three lows, but there's really the lowest low. Remember we talked about that? That's the low right there where the market said no more down. So really, I need to be risking below there. So now, me buying right here, I now understand what my risk is. Pretty big, isn't it? Looks like it, yeah. So to justify taking this trade, and you never know. What the fuck? You go, you know what? I can justify that because I think the market <laughs> can realistically go to here, right? Two to one, magic number. Now, the problem is Brian drew his ABCD here. So if the market goes to Brian's target, then me buying here, what this really means is that I'm taking a 0.73. I'm going to be paid 75 cents, 73 cents, for every dollar of risk that I'm going to take. And really, I would like traders to try and avoid that like the plague. This is where most new traders fail. If you're right, you got to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we say in our lounge. Got a little thug on us there, yeah, Brian. Yeah, we're all we're players, right? <laughs> <laughs> you got to get paid. <laughs> anyway, I can't even do it. I'm so white. Anyway, <laughs> so the point is, is that um, if you have a technical objective right here and you're thinking about buying here. I just don't think this is a trade that's worth our while. It's just not worth it. Maybe Polo comes out and says, uh, you know what? We forgot one. We're going to put yep. MUE on the list. Down she goes. Very well could happen. And, you know, here's a really good example before we get off a topic here. So can I buy MUE here? No. Simple as that. Where do I want to buy? You see where historical breakouts are and you saw where those gaps are. If I wanted to buy value, this is where I want to buy it. I can understand momentum players playing a little bit of a trade through here. I did a trade like this on uh, on one of the polo coins that got delisted. I did exactly the same sort of trade. It pulled back right into support. It was the HZ. 
Um, I bought it at 35, blew out half of it at 70, and then um, Polo shit on it. And I think it's at like 11 ticks now or something. <laughs> so, I mean, well, I'm I'm fine. I got my, all my original money back in my hands. I don't care. But I do some, – some of our site members kind of fat-fingered the trade and they got in too high, and they never did get their double-level uh, hit, which is I was uh, feeling a bit sad for them. But anyway, so that that's what I kind of see happening here. And then also, too, remember, watch this. If we were going to be looking for this thing to fail, does it make sense that if it failed right here, that would be right on cue? Mm -hmm. You see that? Now it's mm -hmm. that low there, back yep. up to that high, reload short zone. Yep. So if anything, this is a little bit dangerous coming in and buying here because you're actually buying in a zone, kind of like Bitcoin right, so there's, right now. There's another reason, <laughs> essentially, that it's risky. Yeah. Uh, well, the irony of it all is actually I would argue this isn't a bad short hunting location. <laughs> Not buying, right, right. but actually shorting. <laughs> so go figure. Um, but uh, IOC was a great example of that just overnight. Yeah, let's take a look at IOC anyway. It's on the wheel. So. Um, this actually has like a bullish bot setup working. And even if we just go off of these lows here, if we uh, set up the bot, so 20, uh, 33 minimum to 66, we see that the market came down, did not go beyond 66. So we say the bot is alive. And we just simply take this level and project it off of the lowest low here. And we put on the bot levels. All right. You see how the bot set itself up? Can you see the W down, up, down, breakout? And even did a cute little yeah. button right in there, right? Right off of that bot level. And this was really interesting. And that, and basically, you know, I even put out on Twitter last night, somebody asked me, of all the coins that are getting their asses handed to them uh, by Polo, are any of them actually worth paying attention to as potential buys? And I went through the list, and this, is, this one jumped out at me. And what was really cool to watch, this is a great lesson for everybody, because uh, you've heard me talk about... Um, um, sort of the uh, the very professional nature of these guys in the past about their trading. Yeah. Uh, these guys are pros. Um, I would not want to get on the other side of these guys the way they trade. Um, and they also have a fairly respectable uh, following in the community. So, But anyway, long and short of it here is um, we watched the market run up almost to move stop to break even, then back off and humming and hawing. And this is a perfect testament to what we were just talking about a moment ago, where uh, if I was going to buy this W here, I have to risk, and this is why the bot has three of those. So if we count one, I see them. Two, <laughs> three. In fact, you could argue another one here, four. Now, as the market's moving up here, what I want the viewers to understand is that I'm going to use these pivots to defend my position. And in this particular case, it was a great example where, dadoosh, they took those guys out. And then, dadoosh, they took those guys out. And then, dadoosh, they took those guys out. 
But you notice that they got down a year right at our bot. Remember, the bot has your stop down below yeah. this final low. They got down here, and somebody said no more. You go yeah, Interesting, because and Alex was just mentioning in chat, too. I mean, that's basically the polo delisting drop is what he called it. And even that, like, worked through the bot. Yeah, well, and this was fascinating. I mean, it's, it's a weird market event, and even that kind of adhered to the bot yeah yeah now here's the kick in the pants like last night i was watching the dom you know where the sign was that this thing wasn't gonna break that this thing actually was gonna make it in my eyes what's up when i saw people on polo buying this fucking thing <laughs> <laughs> even after the delisting mention yeah, hey. a big delisting notice right the market just <laughs> fucking tanks right and I'm watching the Dom really closely. Like I said, and these guys are pros. You can see how they, if you, if, you, uh, if you like to study the Dom, where we hunt for our notches and anomalies on the Dom. And these guys, they, they work their orders in like clusters of four or five. And you can literally watch as they walk the market up. They walk bids up. Somebody comes along and whacks the coin. And then instantly their little algo, their program of walking the market back up, uh, goes into effect. Yeah, I mean, and that's, you that's definitely sort of the, see that with those lows there. I mean, I, oh, I could definitely. <laughs> well, I could, and also too. Um, I think a lot of this back and forth, this coin is building a lot of energy. You know, like uh, uh, we do a module in our program called point and figure charting, and there's a method called the um, horizontal count. Where if you have a lot of volatility like this in a relatively confined range, the point and figure charts will produce a lot of boxes and you literally count up the amount of boxes. And I can tell by this volatility that there is a lot of price movement here. This market is building up a lot of energy. Um, but what I did notice last night, which was really interesting, is that this, I think, you know, remember we were talking just a moment ago, higher highs and higher lows defines a bull market. And remember you guys, you know, you, you heard me earlier saying that the reason why we like this coin is because it was friendly to us, blah, 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 blah. Well, higher highs and higher lows. Notice this level here, this 28,000 level. This is a hugely significant level for this coin. Hugely significant. Looks like it. So, again, if we go back to that conversation about risk first approach, what I'd really like our audience to start understanding is this market is giving us a very powerful level here. If the market accepts above it, then it's a bull. If it accepts below it, then it's a bear. This is a very powerful level. Check this out. If we zoom in, we see that not only was this that old high, but do you see how the market gapped higher from here? Look at that. Oh, yeah. And then the market came right back to this level and jackknifed away. And look how it came back down to it, flirted with it, and then gapped higher again, leaving another hole here. So the point that I'm trying to make here, and remember we said last night, these guys in the tweet that I put out was somebody is very interested in this 3200 area. And remember I said, what was the tell that I knew the bottom came in? People were buying on Polo at 31,000, 31 and a half thousand, 31, I saw it's like 31,700, 31,800. 
they were buying, and I was just like, what the fuck? What's going on? Why would somebody be buying on Polo? That doesn't make any sense. Other than somebody knew that it was going to come down into support, knew that it was support, and was covering their shorts. Sure. And buying their shorts back. So that's what I think happened here. Now, remember I said just a moment ago, risk first approach. If we know that we have a really important level here at 28,000, does it make sense that if I actually target to be a buyer here, then that is now my risk window? I think so, yeah. If the market starts closing below here, well, then I go, fuck it, this thing's lost it, get me yep. the hell out of here. But in essence, the market has defined a very tight risk window. And that's what I think has happened here. If anything, guys, people watching this show, watching this broadcast, it's damn difficult for new people to do. But the way you make money in this game is you got to try and buy against lows and sell against highs. Right on. On that note, I think we should do one more here. All right. And by the way, you know, I'm hunting a bullish setup because this bot is still active for me. So if I get any sort of bullish resolution, so that's here, some pretty serious risk reward then. That's going way up. Well, and look where the uh, target is. You know, if I could sneak in off a tag of this tail here and a nice little reversal, look at the crazy ass fucking risk reward it produces. All right, let's say I risk. Uh, we'll even be generous. I'll risk down to the bottom of my little drawn-in box here. I mean, look at this. This is the way fucking Wall Street monsters make a fortune, right? Ten to one risk reward. So guys coming in and having the balls to buy in there, right? And looking for this very natural. This is a very natural pattern. There's nothing out of the ordinary here, right? So the irony of it all is guys that had the balls to come in and step in and buy here and the market just goes up and does a very natural AB equals CD, they get a fucking 10 to 1 risk reward. That's the way fortunes are made in the stock market or any in the crypto market for that. Any market. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right on. Well, let's, let's jump okay, in. Okay, I better market. shut up. Right? Uh, that way, Alex right now would be humming and hawing. Yeah, Alex would be like ringing a bell or something. I'm too polite, so let's see here. Let me share this. Okay, share. Okay, up next. Let's see how many of these we, uh, how many of these forty coins we get through. <laughs> uh, how late do you want to be here tonight? Yeah. <laughs> I bet if we did this nonstop, we would still be talking this time tomorrow. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Um, okay, so we got some Ethereum. Um, Ethereum. The old standby. Okay, ETH. Boosh. Somebody was squawking about Ethereum was moving a lot. Did you hear something about that? I have not heard anything lately. I've been out of the I loop. don't really see anything. <laughs> Somebody was saying, wow, Ethereum, Ethereum, popping. Anyway. All right, well, what do you got here? Obviously, we just had a really big rally. Uh, my hunch is that this move here was on a divergence. There's an M top, so we might actually even have like a nice little Hollywood Nick short set up here. So, Mr. Hollywood Nick, he likes to draw the 50% level. Oh, not quite. Well, maybe. Actually, it's pretty darn close. 
Uh, and we'll put on our indicators. Doink. Uh, yep, there's the MACD divergence. Willie was nice and stupid there. Ooh, we even got a nice OBV top there. Ooh. So that looks maybe like this thing was just a little too far too fast. I think this short trade. Oh, check this out. Sweet. A nice inside bar reversal right there. You could have gone short there. Stop against those highs. 50% is your target. 1.85 risk reward. It's not bad. You can see the trades just sort of working away. I suppose uh, some people might have been like, you know, Brian, this double top, I'm just going to get out of here and take profits. And, you know, for those people that are, my advice to you is, you know, uh, I don't have a problem if you want to, you know, profit is a profit is a profit. You would have realized a little over one-to-one -one risk reward had you just gotten chicken shit and dumped. You know, I suppose 50% levels, well, you know, I, I, if this was me, I would just want to just keep, let this thing keep working. Looks like we got another inside bar fail right there. So, uh, you know, for those people that are advanced, love the idea if you have the uh, kahunas to actually add to the trade, put on another short position. Ooh. Yeah, this takes balls. <laughs> so you've got another inside bar fail. Maybe on this one we gun for uh, 200 SMA tag or something. So you know those are those uh, those uh, setups are working. If you're just like, hey, I'm just a one uh, gun guy, that's fine. I thought it was just interesting to see a nice little counter trend rally and then an inside bar fail here. So you know, in fact, I used to work with a guy, uh, uh, Michael Patak, and he used to always say that the way that you know somebody is a professional trader is they stop thinking about uh, when to get out of a trade. And when can I, you know, start counting my money? And and the real pros are actually thinking about, okay, I've got in on the right direction of the market. Where can I add to this winning trade? Where can I make more money? You know, that's how you tell the real pro traders. So uh, long and short of it, here is I like the idea of working a short on ETH right now, just playing this range. Um, and you know those inclined. I suppose you could add to it if you're aggressive, but you know just the one short's probably perfectly fine. Um, AB equals CDs. I think this thing went too far too fast anyway. So we were boobity boob there to there, and then uh, clone that up there. Yeah. So you can see that this was supposed to be the top in here anyway, according to the harmonic. Can you see that? Um, and so if you had played like, you know, the double bottoms and stuff, I remember we had a site member, um, Michael, who uh, came out and said, I really like ETH in here. I think I want to be a buyer. You know, those kind of guys, they should have been taking profits. Remember our silly little dash trade, Amanda's apartment, all that nonsense, right? <laughs> I remember it vividly. Um, um, you know, it's at the, it's at the, you know, at this point you, you shouldn't be falling in love with these names. If anything, you should be, and actually somebody in our, in our daily brief even asked about this today. What are the sort of anecdotal signs that your coin is nearing the end of its run? Well, the MACD histogram, if you see this divergent situation, that is a perfect tell that, Hey, we're getting near the end of this run. Do you see that? Yes, sir. And, of course, Willie being stupid never hurts either. <laughs> okay, so uh, we threw ETH in there too. A nice little bonus. 
Right on. Let's get uh let's yeah, get about fifteen minutes. Probably do like two more, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Does that work I for can you? slow down. I don't have to talk so fast. No, 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 no. no. If anything, Brian, you could always speed up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing with you. All right, let's see what we got next here. You're gonna go out. I want. I have to go out and buy a beer after this. So I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I sure hope people. What do you think? Do you think anybody actually enjoys this? What I'm doing here, sure Brian. I I know for sure. I mean, we have 68 viewers right now, buddy. Oh, rock on! That's pretty awesome. Uh, let's see. XBC. I know nothing about it. Let's let's do some googling. XBC. Bitcoin Plus. Okay, is this one of those newfangled experiments here? Uh, let's see. What can you guys in the chat tell us about XBC? Ninety-five thousand out. <laughs> Pretty low what? cap. That's nuts. $5.4 million market cap. These things are expensive. The the website for Bitcoin Plus is a little busy. <laughs> oh, it's a hybrid proof of stake and proof of work coin. Yeah, and they say currently around 90,000 coins in circulation. Uh, it just says it's an alternative cryptocurrency. It's on Poloniex, Cryptopia, and Coin Exchange. Uh, That's about all I know. <laughs> I see BitMix, Cryptopia, and Polo. Yeah, we don't have Coin Exchange, so. All right. Um, um, and the, the BitMix one might not actually be XVC. That it might be something else. All right. If anything, guys, this is a really good example of. Uh, I've said this to you guys in the past. Um, the longer the channel, the bigger the run. So look how long this channel was. You see that? Mm-hmm. That what was year are we in? We're into 2014 there, hey? Wow. Yeah. I mean, this is this was um, what was that? May 2014. So that was actually Bitcoin coming off its peak. So this so this is old school. I'm surprised I don't know about it. Yeah. Well, and who knows if it's even the same management? So uh, you know, hats off to the coin for surviving. You can clearly see when somebody took a big position here. See that right there. And this is why we like using OBV so much. I mean, it just clearly demonstrates that, hey, wow, somebody is accumulating. Um, and, you know, on this big OBV signal, if you had just simply done things like reload zones, just even off of that low right there, that would have basically told you to be a, a buyer. Uh, let's see. Where did it tell you to be a buyer? Do, 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 do. Boosh. Yeah, right in there. Right, exactly yeah. where it bottomed out. <laughs> yeah, isn't that sick? I mean, the, if you see it once or twice, then you kind of go, yeah, that's cute, Brian. But, you know, fuck, you must look at this and go, this is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this is why the little old lady strategy works as well as it does. <laughs> There's just two things that are constant in life. The first thing is crypto is always interesting, and the second thing is reload zones. I guess so. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. That that was my analogy on the fly. Yeah, it was it was impressive. I think that beer's kicking in. All right. Um. So long and short of it, here is I think this was your buy window in here. Uh, if you can even see where that is now, the the issue here is, and I often find this with crypto. Sometimes it moves too far too fast. 
I do see, though, that on balance, the money is still flowing into the name, so that's good. Um, and I suppose one could argue probably if we did reload zones of this entire range. I got even know see where the bottom is somewhere in there. <laughs> you know, I know a lot of people, especially with when we get these crazy ass wicks like this, they'll actually like to draw their fibs off of the candle bodies, which is perfectly fine. You know, whatever works for you. And you can see how the bottom basically came in right through this reload zone here. Interesting. Look how this uh, real sideways battle right in there, right? Eh? So you could argue that there was another little um, uh, trading range that was established right through here. And, um, you know, this is what we call, and actually really it's the same thing as what this is. Uh, this is what's called a narrow sideways channel. You guys ever heard me use that term before? Yes, I have. Narrow sideways channel. And like we said, the bigger the channel, the bigger the run. So, a uh, big-ass channel, and boom! Big-ass big run. Um, this one's a little smaller, obviously. But nonetheless, same sort of principle. Top of the range, bottom of the range, whichever way it resolves. You could have played the little double-bottom breakout here. I don't know whether this is a trade I would have really liked to have done, but moving averages were supportive. Uh, this is one reason why I like to use the 13 EMA is if you do get market structure that develops, you can often use, do you see how the market broke out through the W here, went down, up, down, breakout, and then you use the 13 EMA to tell you where to buy. So you don't chase it up here. The next candle, you can see this candle closed there, but it, you just say, okay, well, if it takes 13 EMA, I buy, and boom, up she goes. Hmm. So uh, cute little uh, setup right there, everybody uh, throw that into your trading diary. So, and actually, I tell everybody on this site uh, to have a trading journal. I think everybody wants to just watch these Coinigy shows. You should have a journal because every single show, there's always something that I'm dropping. And a uh, little uh, market structure coupled with moving average check as trade location, I think is an excellent little additional tool everybody can make note of out of this episode. So a uh, little momentum play. Like I said, I did a trade on this uh, on HZ. Um, it had a big face rip before, of course, Polo shit on it. But same sort of thing. Uh, can you see the little consolidation right in here? And so I bought this little breakout here, sold it up here, and then Polo just shit on us. <laughs> well, so you didn't Thanks, sell it up there, at least. Pardon me? You didn't sell it up towards 70 sats, though, hey? Yeah, I got, uh, in fact, I got comfortably filled, right? Because the nice. high, my, my double was 70, and it actually worked as high as 75 there. So I was I was happy. Dodged a bullet on that one. <laughs> well, and that often, you know, I also did the same thing on this uh, Q, uh, K, B, same thing. Or, uh, Might be Q, B, K. B, K, whatever the hell the damn thing is. <laughs> like, I know what these things are. <laughs> <laughs> So I bought this one off of this double bottom, um, sold half on a double, got a second sell half on a double, and then uh, pull a shit on us. <laughs> so, but anyway, I'm not here to brag. Polo shitting. I think sadly this this almost remember we had pink coin, you know, and I told everybody in my daily video on the site today, this is exactly the hallmark of the end of a run when you get these absolute insane face rips up like this. Not the beginning of the run, end of run. 
So, you know, uh, the irony of those QBKs is the only people that really got heard on this name are the people that bought through this. And sadly, who do you think bought on this bar here? Oh, it wasn't institutions, I can tell you that much. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's the, the public, right? They're the guys that, that get hurt the most in this game. So. Okay, go. how are we doing on time? Did uh, I get off okay, about, of a tangent? Get about, no, it's fine. You got about, I don't know, five, five ten minutes. You want to wanna do one right. more? Sure, go for it. Got 74 viewers. Might as well give them what they're looking for here. Sorry, I'm just impressed by this view count tonight. Must be something about number 50. Is that a good number? I That's a really good number, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, hello, everyone. Hope you're having <laughs> a good evening. Greasy <laughs> right, Brian. <laughs> SDC, what do we know about SDC? Oh, uh, that one is going to get to – that one's a fucking nightmare. This one fundamentally is a mess, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think we want to look at this thing. This thing's no. going to blow up in a day or two. Okay, all right. Let's let's move on. Let's do one more. Uh, Alex, are you listening? Um, isn't it, this thing is going to get reorganized or something, right? I'm not watching the chat room. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if Alex is in there anymore. But a bunch of people just said hello. <laughs> said, Hi. Hi, guys. <laughs> Merry Christmas. There's, there's also a delay on there too. So oh, okay. Let yeah, me do it. Let, yeah. Let's move on here. Technically let's speaking, this thing's one. a piece of shit, and, and uh, if I understand correctly, fundamentally, it's a piece of crap too. Factum, FCT. Oh, Factum. How do you feel about that one? I just banged a double off there, so feeling pretty good. In fact, this is a this is a funny coin because um, I actually this is actually a really good commentary between the difference between somebody who's a margin trader and is stressed about specific risk levels, and the little old lady who just goes and buys something and she just doesn't give a rat's ass. Um, so we were down at the bottom end of the trading range. You can see all these kilos, kilo, 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 kilo. We came down, we put in a test of this low, and we put a cute little inside reversal bar here. And then, if anything, guys, this is a perfect analogy of crypto because you can see, and I actually, I did two trades at the same time. I love the location of this thing. It was just beautiful, and I wanted to own this. So for our little old lady portfolio, I just went and grabbed some because it's perfect trade location. Um, and then um, for a demonstration of the margin trading, I went and strapped on a little leverage long trade off of this inside bar. And you guys, do you see how the trade worked? Trade worked, trade worked, trade trade worked, trade worked. Trade work. One fucking candle. They <laughs> went after me. My stop was below this low. They flushed me out, and then literally within like 10 minutes after flushing me out, boom, they took the market right back up and actually closed up on the day, fuckers. <laughs> so typical crypto. So typical crypto. Um, and I often tell people that um, I used to have a, bo uh, a boss, uh, John Hoagland, and I and actually, uh, Hogue is a volume profile guy. If you guys ever get volume profile on, then we could get him on. Oh, that. yeah. We're, we're actually, the charting library that we're working on will have volume profile. Oh, man, that would be huge, dude. At, at bare minimum on the exchange, and we'll, we'll see how it evolves. <laughs> All right. But. So anyway, the point of the matter here is Mr. Margin tr Leverage Trader was stopped out. 
little old lady who just bought against these lows didn't give a rat's ass risk less than five percent of her portfolio on the trade she just got a double off and she's laughing at margin trader in his face <laughs> and it's a it's a, it's a you know, and we got to understand margin traders, all you're doing is trading setups. Setup came in, all the things fired, and boom, you got stopped out. That's trader's life. Um, you can see the divergence here in OBV. You can see the MACD was pointing up. You can see Willie was stupid. There was just one little fuck you move left in their bag of tricks before they were going to take it up. And that happens a lot. And anyway, I was making reference to John Hoagland. And that he used to tell us, because he used to be our boss at the prop firm, and he used to say, you know, just as an experiment, just try one day to instead of buy where you were going to buy and have your stop loss, where you're going to have your stop loss, put your buy order where your stop loss is and just see what happens. And here would be a perfect example where you'd actually be a buyer on this and then you'd just be fucking laughing the whole way up. Yeah, but the, isn't that one of those quantum mechanics things where if if you observe it, it'll never. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I used to trade with uh, two uh, pro traders, Scalps and OBX, and um, they used they actually had a setup called upthrusts and springs, where quite literally their trading plan was to place their order. I think it was, I think it was three ticks below key pivot swing highs and swing lows. And actually, I built a uh, opening range Canadian dollar day trading model uh, based off the same principle as well. And it actually works very well. It's just you got to get up at four o'clock in the morning every day. <laughs> boo, hiss, hiss, boo. <laughs> Who likes that life? <laughs> um, but the point of the matter here is there are a lot of guys. And I think I, uh, I told you before, my old boss, my uh, Michael Pataka, a.k.a. Nebraska, he used to um, – he was actually having trouble as a trader, and he was about to lose his job. He used to always tell us this story. And his boss sat him down and said, look, it, the only trade I want you to do is you must either buy a tag of new lows or new highs or sell a tag of new highs. Do you see how this high here, Will, right here, this high right here? Do you see how the market actually went up and then backed away? Sure. You see on this one here, it yeah. went up. And then it actually finished and it backed away all the way down to here. And then like this one, it went up and then it actually finished down here. So there are a lot of pit traders that simply buy new, uh, uh, buy new lows and sell new highs. It's just their bread and butter. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that's, that sounds pretty simple. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's psychologically, it's very difficult. <laughs> Um, because there's going to be bars like this, right, where it goes up, and it just doesn't come sure. back, right? So, but nonetheless, it's just an interesting demonstration. Look at this one here. Look at this, how it went up, right? And you're like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, and then woohoo, right? <laughs> Off of the break of this high here. Do you see that? Yep. So, you know, they, that is definitely one strategy. And obviously, you know, those, uh, you know, market state, we talk about ranging markets and trending markets. That's obviously a ranging market strategy, right? So, uh, you know, futures traders, pit traders, they've got to trade on a daily basis. So they're going to favor range trading strategies anyway. Interesting. Okay, so uh, to finish off our thought here, so yeah, I booked a double off here on uh, Factum, felt really good about that, nice trade for a little old lady laughing at margin trader. 
what do I see going forward here? What I find interesting about Factum is it isn't theoretically it's supposed to be like anti-Bitcoin proxy? Yeah, I don't know. Alex would know better. You know, that's what the debate, I think, had been for a long time, is that these the guys, theoretically, their algo is supposed to be if Bitcoin goes up, this thing goes down. If Bitcoin goes down, this thing goes up. So what oh, yeah, does that... I remember, I remember Alex mentioning that a while ago, yeah. So what does this structural turn here tell us? Does that is that a message from the market? I don't know. We should be expecting Bitcoin to uh, to maybe top Bitcoin out here. Um, it'd be interesting to see what Bitcoin was doing through this period right in here, and then right here. So all you factum enthusiasts, go find out what Bitcoin was doing back last March two thousand sixteen. And what Bitcoin was doing in August, September, two thousand sixteen. You know, you could do Brian is if you go to the compare symbol, you could overlay. Yeah. Mind you, that involves work. Yeah, I mean. It might D -D -C, take a while. Do I do the forward slash here? Yeah, do a slash USD. USD. Just do Bitstamp or something, or uh, Bitfinex, whatever you want there. I'd probably do Bitfinex number. Bitfinex. All right. Let's see what we got here. Doesn't seem to be a hell of a lot of correlation here. Right? Yeah. Definitely not back in March of what is that, 2016. <laughs> okay, so uh factum top, Bitcoin bottom. That's not bad. Factum Bitcoin top, factum bottom. Yeah, not bad. Mm. Bitcoin top, factum bottom, eh, not bad. Bitcoin bottom, factum top, man. And now we've got this disconnect. Something's right. not right here. So, you know, which one is it, uh, factum fans? Somebody is it get factum out there. Is, uh, overvalued relative to Bitcoin or Bitcoin is uh, overvalued relative to factum? Somebody's got to get out MATLAB or R and get an actual correlation coefficient going for us. There. You can see, though, right? Uh, you know, uh, Bitcoin, I guess, a little bit of a top. I don't know. Bitcoin broke here a bit. Factum went nuts. Bitcoin uh, rallied. Factum was getting its butt kicked. So there does seem to be some sort of correlation here. Mm -hmm. uh, but just currently, with Factum going up, and Bitcoin going up at the same time, something's disconnected. Um, of that correlation relationship, if there even is one. Right. If we were looking at ranges, you know what I love about these, and actually made looks very similar to this. Um, here, I have to take this off. Uh, can you see the big wedge that's forming here? Something big is going to happen here, I think. Oh, yeah. Now that you drew the line, I see it. <laughs> right. so, something's brewing. And, of course, this is exactly how Dash looked before it went nuts. And I think XMR also looked exactly like this. And Made also looks like this. So I don't know whether I really want to take any bets against Factum here. I don't think it's a good idea to short something like this. I did get a double off here. Of course, I suppose my next double is going to be up in this area. Could we see a rally up into here? Sure. Fuck, we could see that in a heartbeat. Um, it kind of looks to me, remember uh, Dash with Amanda's apartment kind of crap, eh? 
Um, we might. Do you remember? Did I talk to you guys about Amanda's penthouse and all that? Yep. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, you did. Um, okay, I think that'll work. Let's see what happens. I mean, if this thing really does get going, right, these are the kind of levels that we need to be thinking about going forward. There's 200% extension of the range. That's up at 0 0.017. I think on balance, just over the short term, uh, I'd be looking for AB equals CDs, probably a probe up into this area. I should get my next double off here fairly comfortably. And then let's start seeing whether we start doing uh, parking garage levels kind of idea going forward. But it sure looks to me like this thing's ready to go. If anything, we should probably be looking at like the weekly chart. Yeah, look at that. What a holy shit. What a powerful chart. Look at this volume up, surge. Oh, wow. Momentum up, surge. Look at the willy. Nice double bottom. Broke Moving average just broke 50 line. So this thing's got a head of steam behind it. I, I certainly wouldn't get in front of it, that's for sure. Hmm. Well, hold on, guys. I'm just going to go ahead and play some factum orders real quick. <laughs> well, it does. I never said I'd buy it here. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be a buyer, right, and this is where patience and discipline and all that shit comes in. Remember, risk first approach. If I wanted to be a buyer of factum, where's my reload zones? So I've got to be hunting, and and the irony of it all is I'm long and I want more doubles, so I don't want to see this happen. But if I did want to be a buyer, I've got to be targeting right down in here. And can you see how really all this is is a test of the original market structure breakout level? All right, see that there? So it goes like down, up, down, breakout. Look at this major traffic. Hey, traffic, -y, traffic, traffic. Okay, fuck it, I'm a bull. Right, and so all this is going to be is just it would come right back down into that traffic area. And look at all these. Remember, I said you want to, you know, if we're thinking about risk, we want to look and look where all the key lows are. So you can see kilo, 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 right? All in there. There's a whole cluster of lows. So if it does come back, I think it initially comes back down into here. Um, the fact that this low is just a V bottom like this, though, leads me to believe. I wouldn't be surprised. It's probably got to come back down into this area here if it does break here. So. I sure like that weekly chart, though. Holy powerful uh, chart. Good deal. I'm definitely going to have to pull up uh, MEAD and XMR and kind of look yeah. at that historically, too. I, well, I I've got really aware of that. that. You know, a factum broke out here, right? And it's run, and I booked doubles. MEAD hasn't. MEAD's just sitting here. You can see it. And I've got more bids. I want to buy more of this shit right in here. I got more bids. I want to I want to own more of this. Um, yeah. Good deal. Uh, I mean, look at that chart. I mean, this thing's – and frankly speaking, I'm not quite sure why this thing hasn't gone yet. I'm a little surprised. But anyway. Yeah, I I don't I don't know too much fundamentals um, with regards to made, but I think they're getting very close to some sort of release, from what I remember. I do know that they have like a whole shitload of derivatives, right? Because don't people like build kind of tokens off of the made network, kind of thing? something like that? Yeah, kind of like a smart uh, contract platform. Yeah, uh, so I guess you know every time another coin is listed, that's a whole bunch more supply that could potentially hit the market. 
But anyway, um, all right. So, how are we doing on time? Uh, Twenty. Uh, I think we're. I think we're wrapping her up here. Um, so, Brian, I've said this before. Is there some uh, place that people could find you online? Yeah, we always uh, are available. Uh, we have this fun little website called therationalinvestor.co, and you can find uh, fun cat gifts and everything. <laughs> Um, I don't know whether Julian's updated the uh, returns. Where are we here? Wow. How's Julian doing? I haven't talked to oh, him for years. Me. Yeah, he's doing really good. He's actually um, he's going to start up an options uh, blog for us on the site because he's awesome. doing a lot of trading and options these days. you got to get him back on the show sometime, Brian. Yeah, totally. Uh, but here is our website, and uh, some uh, some of our alumni have endorsed us. Uh, it's a cute little site. We're kind of where we, you can I can really feel we're really stretching the bounds of WordPress, but <laughs> balance. You know I, what I've what I really found, and I even saw somebody post this the other day. Uh, we have this uh, basically our members lounge, which is very active community, and somebody even just posted the other day was like. Uh, you know, the number one reason why, well, not number one. I mean, number one reason is because they love me so much, but that's beside the point. But uh, main reason the guy said he loved being on our site is because um, there's a lot of people in crypto that really aren't very nice. And he just said, I really love coming into the lounge. You can see how we have very, very full room, very robust. Um, and people are really friendly, and it's just a really nice atmosphere to hang out in. So, and you can see, uh, who is this? Oh, Benjamin. He even posted out that uh, to all site people, hey, pay attention. Brian's talking. <laughs> so, um, and then, of course, you know, we've got our crazy crypto portfolio demonstration model, which on a daily basis, I'm just astounded at these numbers. They're just staggering. But it's just – it works. The stuff that we want to teach you and show you in these – do you say bi-weekly or bi-monthly? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I've gotten corrected so many times. I don't yeah. know. Once every two weeks shows, the stuff that we try and impart to you guys, it works. And this is why I built this demonstration portfolio is it is everything that we do. You know, sell have on a double trade location, you know, divergences, structure, blah, 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 blah. It works. So uh, this is sort of our home uh, for all those people that are crypto-related. And uh, this is where you can find me, the rationalinvestor.co. So if you have any questions, uh, we do have actually a nice little uh, public uh, chat room. If you do have questions, you can always just pop on the site. And as you can see in the note, usually I come in and just say, thank you very much for popping by. PM me or leave a question here, and I'll be more than happy to try and help you out. Um, and um, and you know, feel free as well. Uh, I'm on Twitter here. This isn't a bad place to introduce yourself if you want to follow me. And the uh, primarily I use Twitter as sort of just a sounding board of when I've done something in the market, taking profits usually. Uh, but I also have some fun banter with a lot of our alumni. Uh, Tim, who you saw on the front page there, he and I are always chatting on Twitter and stuff. And uh, we have some fun conversations. And uh, if anything, people love to uh, follow the banging out doubles little hashtag. So, so those are two places you can find me. Uh, CR Investor on uh, Twitter and uh, the rationalinvestor.co. Right on. I got to uh, give you a nice. There we are. Hi guys. And there's his face. <laughs> He's not just a talking chart. 
So, yeah, um, and then as far as uh, we're concerned here, um, coinagy.com, definitely check it out. Uh, if you like the tools that Brian has been using uh, tonight. And, uh, yeah, don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, we do the show every other Wednesday night. And if you subscribe, you will be notified when the show is live, so you'll never miss an episode. Uh, so definitely go ahead right now. I'll wait. Click that subscribe. I'm kidding. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to beg. <laughs> um, but, yeah, thanks so much for watching, guys. Um, and I think, yeah, we can probably probably say sayonara and happy trails, and we'll catch you next time. We'll see you all on the market. Ta-ta. Have a good night, everybody.